Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Two Pad Stack podcast. We're here for episode three. I'm your host, Ace. Uh, it's a very exciting episode today. We have a uh, yet another goaltender that's going to be joining me to provide his perspective on the Bruins, the NHL, hockey, life. Um, like to introduce Berg the goalie. Thanks for joining today, Berg. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this uh, all weekend since you asked me to do it. So definitely looking forward to uh, getting into it with you. Sweet. Yeah, definitely appreciate you making the time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, so I've already given some background on previous episodes about how, you know, I kind of got into hockey and how I decided to become a goaltender and how that really evolved and set the roots of my passion for the sport. Um what better way than to just throw you into the deep end of the pod here, <laughs> you know, trial by fire, man. H- how did you jump into hockey? How did you really get into hockey? Tell us a little bit more about your background. So when I was a very young kid, um, my dad, my dad grew up playing hockey. He was a goalie as a kid as well. Um, used to tell me stories all the time about how, his, you know, his dad would take him. My grandfather would take him to, you know, play hockey. That was back in the day when the goalie pads, really didn't really protect you very much. Um, <laughs> he would tell me stories about how he would have come home with welts all over his body. And, you know, me being, you know, the stereotypical crazy goalie, I was like, I want to do that. So um, <laughs> when I was, I don't know, maybe four or five years old, my mom would take my sister and myself to watch my dad play men's league. And I would watch him and I was like, I want to do that. Um, so I ended up getting into it that way didn't go off, didn't start off uh, very well. Um, when my parents first took me to do the learn to skate program up yep. in Tingsboro, Mass. The first time I went, I wanted nothing to do with it. And my dad didn't force it on me. I was like crying. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. Um, so we set it off another year. And then a year later, I got into it. I loved it. I started, you know, skating out, doing learn to skate. When I graduated from that, I went into playing like, you know, in-house hockey up in Nashua, New Hampshire, and um, was playing out at that point. They always needed somebody to, you know, strap up the pads. They kind of yep. rotated through everything. Yep. Um, I had my turn, and, you know, I think my dad or my uncle got me a set of, of, of a blocker and a, and a catcher glove, and mm-hmm. from there I was sold. I, you know, uh, my, my dad has a bunch of videos of me as a kid playing. You could see how much I loved it, and then from there on out, it was goalie goalie or nothing. I honestly can't tell you the last time I actually put on a set of player skates and played like out in a game. It's been goalie since and uh, I'm still playing. See, that's the funny thing, man, because because I'm like you, I, I played goalie for 15, 20 years or so. And I put on some player skates and I skated out and I knew what I wanted to do. Like I've seen it done. I, I knew how to play. But the thing was, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. And that was so frustrating to me. Yeah. Like, I wanted to just go, you know, like between the legs and go backhand deke around yeah. somebody. And I just couldn't fucking handle the puck to save my life. And I couldn't skate with those skates as effectively <laughs> as I could either, with goalie skates. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, you have to worry about... It's not flat like goalie skates are. Yep. Um, you know, you have the curved uh, skate. That was always something that was pretty interesting for me to get used to. But um, I ended up just being like a playmaker, a distributor of the puck, because mm-hmm. I could never score on the goalies. I knew what I needed to do to open them up as a goalie. I knew what I I, I, I should be doing. I just right. couldn't do it, and it was so goddamn frustrating for me. So I, I, I probably skated about 10 times out after buying like really cheap like those like $50 Sherwood pads you know what I'm talking about like the really really piece of shit ones yeah I did it like 10 times and then I never touched the shit again like I still keep my my skater skates just to take a spin on the ice and everything but Mm -hmm. um yeah I mean when you get out there and you can't do what you want to do that's a one-way ticket back into the pads into the crease real quick I, I feel like I can shoot the puck better with a a goalie glove and a blocker and a goalie <laughs> yep. stick and what I can with a regular stick. It's so fucking frustrating. No, no, I, I get that. And, you know, there were times when I was growing up playing where there would be a game or two where somebody wanted to play goalie. And so I would give them my equipment. They would give me theirs and I would go out there. And same thing with the skates. Like, I feel like a bender, you know, when I'm on those an ankle <laughs> bender, when I'm on those skates, it's like, I can't skate the same. And 
it's it's wild because if you if you're not around hockey you don't understand that that yeah. aspect of it that the, the equipment is different and like i there would be times where i would go to you know play on the pond or, or do anything i take my goalie skates with me because i could skate better mm-hmm. back and forth with those than i could with a pair of you know regular regular skates yeah i love that it, it's so funny I mean, and then you get the looks from the kids too. Like if you're ever in a public skating situation and you put on the goalie skates and they like do a double take at you, like, like if they don't know, they're like, what the hell is this guy putting on? Like those aren't, those don't look like any skates I've ever seen. Exactly. And and then the skates have changed, you know, from the time I bought my last pair, I don't know, 10 years ago to now. I mean, they're completely different. I was like, I hope my skates don't break because I don't want to have to learn how to skate on these, these new, these new goalie skates. The blades are a little bit different. And breaking in goalie skates, dude, they are a pain in the ass. My feet are always screaming at me whenever I have to do that. I bought a new pair probably like a year before I hung up the pads. And you're right. Like, it, it was completely different. Um, the edges felt a little different. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they were designed to be like those true butterfly pads. Yep. And I never really I never really played like a traditionally sound butterfly style. Me like, I was much more of a hybrid you know, I said it in previous pods, but I kind of played a lot like, uh, you know, Tim Battlefly Thomas, you know, <laughs> do whatever I need to do. Yep. Flop around my body between the puck and the net. Um, but those those skates, they definitely were. were de- I ended up I, I had to bring them to my buddy to do some repairs on my old skates because I still preferred my old skates over the new stuff. Wow. Yeah, I get that, man. Uh, it's the same goes for any piece of goal equipment. The gloves are awful for me, and the chest protector was horrible for me because you, you feel so restricted until it it really is broken in. And that's um, part of the reason why I still use my glove. My catcher glove is still the one I used in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm 34 years old now, so it's been, you know, 17, 18 years since I used it. Yep. It's fallen apart, but I can still catch better with that glove than I could with a with a brand new one that I could use that, you know, you have to break in, you have to do all that work. And let's be honest at our age, we don't play enough to, to, to be able to really truly break them. Right. It's going to take you a whole year, you know, for example, to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're on the ice four times a week, like like exactly NHL players are or anything like that. So exactly. Yeah. And, and and the fact of the matter is too the stuff that we're buying, you know, unless you are purposely going out and buying like pro stock quality, you know, it's made from inferior materials, yep. so it's not going to break in as nicely either. It's going to take longer. You have to get it, you know, almost like oven cooked in order to get it to form to your hand. And yeah, it's a whole friggin' song and dance. You know it. But for yep. those that are listening at home, goalie gear is a real pain in the balls to get, you know, really acclimated to. The only thing I've bought new in the last 10 years is my leg pads and my blocker. Everything else is I've had since high school. Probably sticks early. too. Yeah. Well, Oh yeah. Well, I've broken a few sticks over the net, but, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> especially playing men's league with the, you know, some of the jackasses that play in, in men's league these days, I've broken a stick or two. <laughs> You're saying that there are jackasses that play in men's league. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> hey, they think they're playing for the Stanley cup. You know, it's like, That's we're, it. out here to, we're out here to get a workout so we can try to be in shape. <laughs> It, it reminds me of the time that I played at uh, at Warrior after development camp, and Cam Neely and Don Sweeney were up in the window just looking down, and I was looking at the other goalies. <laughs> this is when Tuka Rask was the only goalie under contract, and it's like me and two guys in their fifties. Like these guys are just <laughs> like gray beards out there. Yeah. But I'm looking at them. I'm like, hey guys, you know, there's a chance they're up there. They're watching still. And like right after like halfway through warm ups, they're done. The lights are off. They're gone. I was like, we lost our chance, boys. <laughs> yeah. They went out yeah. and signed Yarl Halak instead. Tried to keep the dream alive. <laughs> always, always. So I mean, I guess this is a good way to to kind of pivot here. You know, what what is if you could look back, what are your favorite moments from your time in net? You know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, coming to you know to the forefront of my brain right now a lot of the experiences that i had playing hockey growing up the ones that i remember are the ones that i had off the ice believe it or not with my teams growing Mm -hmm. up you know uh in college i played club college hockey so Mm -hmm. um i played at a school and that's now closed up here in nashua new hampshire daniel webster college and you know i played all four years while i was there and i made some of the friendships that i've had from that or i keep in touch with them still Mm-hmm. When I was in college, it was the only people that I hung out with 
I didn't hang out with really anybody outside of my, uh, you know, the hockey team. And, you know, we did everything together. And, you know, those are the, the moments for me that stick out. Um, you know, on the ice, I mean, we've, we, you know, we made three out of four championships when I was in club hockey and we lost all of them. So, you know, we, we, we went to overtime, we lost, um, and then, you know, we lost a couple of close games in the championship. So you were like the Buffalo Bills of club hockey. Yeah. I don't like to, to say that because, uh, if anybody <laughs> follows me on Twitter, they know how I feel about the Buffalo Bills. Um, but the year before I got there, the team actually had won one. So I guess they're not the Buffalo Bills because they actually a good you know, point. sealed okay. the deal. Uh, <laughs> well, this this begs the question. How do you feel about the Buffalo Bills? Oh, dude, don't even, you don't even want to get me going on that. I hate the Buffalo Bills, man. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, you know, I, I think that they're a choke job franchise. And I even though they're good now, they're still a choke job franchise. And yeah, I'll, go, I mean, I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking that. Until they win one. Until they win one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Until they win one. There's always time on my podcast to shit on the Buffalo Bills. I love it. I will make time for that any day. Um, (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure that those guys, like, put CTE in their toddlers when they throw them through a table at age two. I know. I don't know what the hell they've got going on. I mean, when when you live in Buffalo, New York, honestly, what else do you have going for you? I agree. I'm with you. (laughs) The most entertaining thing you can do is throw people through tables. So I got, I, I, I got a bunch of friends that you know that I played college hockey with, believe it or not, up there that are Buffalo Bills fans, and they were some of my closest friends. But man, when it came to football, don't even don't even get don't even have the conversation. They would they would have the conversations about the Sabers comparing them to the Bruins, like the Bills <laughs> comparing them to the Patriots, and it was like, dude, you're not even worth my time. You're not even well, worth the my Sabers time. have never won a cup either. <laughs> I know. It's 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 comical. It's quite comical. Just a loser town. Sorry yeah. if you're in Buffalo. Actually, no, fuck you. I don't care if you're in <laughs> Buffalo. You guys are losers. Just with terrible you. sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm going back to your you, you're talking about just how some of your favorite memories um from being a goalie haven't even been on the ice. And and I think I'm right there with you because I think back and you know, I played youth just like you did. And I remember, like, in PUEs, just going and doing the tournaments out in some town up north. And you would just get a hotel with your entire team. And the parents would all just hang out and get drunk. Mm-hmm. And every one of the players would just fucking play video games, like, on Nintendo 64 or something like that. Or we would go in the hallway of the hotel and set up the mini hockey nets oh, and yeah. play mini sticks, knee hockey. And I would always, of course, as the goalie, I'm the one being thrown into the net. Full check? Um, Full check? Oh, of course, naturally, yeah. And then we would piss off all the people that aren't affiliated with the tournament because we'd be, like, fucking yelling and screaming in the hallway mm-hmm. and throwing ourselves into the, the walls in the ho- in the hotel hallway. Um, we'd get, like, the hotel managers that would come down, like, all right, you guys got to really take it down a notch here. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 12-year-old me is, like, honestly – you guys were the ones that booked a group for a hockey tournament with a bunch of fucking 12 year old kids. Right. Like what the fuck did you expect? Like, no, we're not all just going to be in our room watching fucking days of our lives. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we, uh, there was a couple of tournaments that I remember that we had that we actually had like a, a group room at the hotel. And it was like a room where you could get together. They would, you know, you'd have food in there, dinner, whatever we would, move the yep. tables to the side and set up a giant giant mini stick hockey rink in yep. those rooms and we would just there'd be i think we had probably 15 of us on the hockey team we'd all be in there just going crazy mm-hmm. you know checking each other into the wall and uh you know fake fights you know helmet box fights type, you know, if you want to get into that oh my god helmet boxing <laughs> dude that was the fucking shit like we had like a we had like a full on like round robin tournament on one of my Bantam teams with helmet boxing, and uh, of course it was just the biggest guy that ended up winning. Oh, but yeah. I was like, some kids gonna get like full on like concussion from some of this helmet <laughs> boxing shit that was going on. You like the way the head snaps back on oh, some yeah. of them. <laughs> did you ever did you ever play a tournament up in uh, up in Lake Placid? No, so the, the the furthest I ever really got to play was um up in northern Vermont. Okay. I played in Lindenville, Vermont. Oh. Um 
What a dump of an arena that was. Oh my god, we would play up there for college. We'd play Linden State College and uh yeah. in, in in college. That rink is a dump. There's nothing up there. It's a podunk town. So cold too that rink. Yep. yep. Nope, I hear that and uh but but Lake Placid, I've actually played up there as an adult. Yeah. They have men's league tournament uh tournaments up there. Mm-hmm. And we went up there probably four years ago, I want to say, four and a half years ago. That was a blast too. You know, they we played in a B division, which we probably should have played in a C division. We got <laughs> destroyed the whole the whole tournament. I actually stood on my head in that tournament. I actually yeah. and they had like a highlight video at the end. I made like three or four highlight saves that made that that reel that they put together. Nice. But my team was just there to drink, and you know everybody's yeah, hung over going to the games. I'm like, dude, you're leaving me out to dry here. I'm getting my ass kicked in net, yeah. and you guys are just like, oh, whatever. I'm like, come on, we're up here to play hockey. Come on. <laughs> I just love it, dude, because you'll be in one of those like B league tournaments, and you're gonna have people that were like, so I I had a few situations where there were former goaltenders that played like all the way up to AHL. And they decided that they wanted to skate out and they were just doing it for fun now. And they, even with those guys, like swapping out to being a skater, just the skill level differential between them and everyone else. It was ridiculous. It was almost like watching like, um, Mario Lemieux protect the puck against everybody. Like nobody could strip this guy of the puck. And I kind of feel that same way because I know that Tuka Rask is now involved with the alumni association yep. and he's not um and he's not playing in net. You know, he's skating out with the rest of the boys. He plays wing now. And I, I kind of get that same vibe that I think that it would be very difficult to strip Tuka Rask at the puck when he's in and out on there. And, and I mean that bring, that brings up a whole other point too. Like I'm I'm just as guilty of it as everyone else, but you know, when you see like these AHL fourth line tweeners. And you're getting so frustrated at them not being able to do what like a top six guy does in the NHL. You put him out there with a Joe fucking schmo, and the amount of skill that these guys have, it is ridiculous. If you're able to ever share the ice with one of these guys, I highly recommend it. It is an eye-opening experience. Dude, you you look at the guys that play. I play on a uh, my men's league team. I'm the guy on my men's league team, good friend of mine from high school, played in the ECHL for a bit. Um, played in the Southern Professional League as well. Yep. Most dis- disgusting hockey player I've ever played with, and I've known him. I've known him for twenty years, and he's unbelievable. And you, you're like, this guy played. He didn't make the pros. He made ECHL for like a handful of games, and he'll just walk. He'll walk around everybody that plays against us. So yeah, you're right. It does put everything into perspective. You know, when you're, you're you're sitting here bitching about a guy on the fourth line giving up a, you know, a bad break or, you know, whatever, whatever bad play that, you know, you see in a game on a daily basis. Yeah. Yep. And this guy will still walk circles around any one of us, any yeah. one of us. Yep. And I, and, I, and I find myself saying shit like that. And then I also do it with goaltenders sometimes too because i have the perspective of a goaltender mm-hmm. obviously not at nearly as high of a level i can't ever claim that but some of the shit that gets by nhl goaltenders and i'm just like what are you doing man like <laughs> seal the fucking post this isn't rocket surgery like you're not a squirt like what the fuck are you doing and then it, it just goes to show you know how incredibly hard the position of goalie is because even somebody that has dedicated, you know, I would say probably like 60% of their entire life towards mm-hmm. just being a goalie can still get victimized on rudimentary, like easy, low end plays. You know, it, it's it's such a crazy, crazy position. And I was saying this before on another episode, too, but like it's also kind of an interesting mental position, too, because yeah, you're still wearing the same jersey as everyone else on your team, but your responsibilities are so isolated and so mm-hmm. different from everyone else's. You're kind of in your own little world, and you're on your own team. Um, it's almost like a game within the game. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I would I would argue that the position a goaltender a goaltender is majority. We'll say majority mental. I mean, you give mm-hmm. up a bad goal you're expected to just immediately forget it and forget like it didn't happen and proceed on and 
you know, you got to play the rest of the game. You know, they're not going to take you out unless you really suck. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would argue that the mental aspect of it, I mean, I fought it a little bit when I was in high school. I remember, you know, when I would have a bad game, it would really eat away at me. And that was when I yeah. really kind of learned to kind of comp- compartmentalize it. Um, that was the hardest part for me as a, as you know, as a kid playing, but I, I can imagine what these NHL guys go through when they give up one of the, look at like uh, the goal that happened, you know, like 20 years ago is Vesla Toscala, you know, the, 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 you know, the full ice goals that they yep. give up. Yep. Where they take this weird bounce and it goes in. That's something that could spiral in a goalie's head. And these pros are expected to forget it, move on and act like it never happened. And that's a pretty, pretty tall task to ask of a person who is sitting there in front of, you know, 20,000 people on top of anybody watching on TV, just watch them get humiliated, you know, and you're expected to just forget it, move on, move on. And yeah, especially when you just know when the game's over and you're in those post-game scrums. Yeah. Every one of those reporters are going to be like, they talked to me about that one goal. Yeah, and you got to go relive it again and you're, you, know, you yep. got to move on from it. I, I can't imagine what a lot of these guys go through when they give up one of those like really colossally bad goals. And I'm talking like the full ice or like red line or blue line shots where they just go in. They find their way in. Puck luck. They just find their way in. For the longest time, I had to tweak the way I held my stick because I would hold it so far out in front of me that it would almost create a ramp. And if the puck hit it right, like I would go down butterfly or go down on my knees and my stick would be out and I would get it with the stick save but it wouldn't be hard enough to go over the net. It would like ramp up off my stick over my shoulder and into my own net. That was so fucking frustrating. (laughs) I've had that happen to me. And, but to be honest with you, when I was growing up, I had the opposite problem. My stick was too close to my body. So when I would go down in the butterfly, I would land on my stick and my five hole would be open. It would go right through. Yeah. So that was my, my mental aspect was trying to get that stick out in front of me. Yep. I could see that. Um, did you ever get a serious injury while playing? Not nothing like that really kept me out for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the worst injury that I probably ever suffered has been the groin pull, a okay, serious yep. groin pull, uh, you know, from kicking your leg out in the butterfly and you just kick it out instinctively and it just goes too far and it pulls mm-hmm. it. I still deal with it on a daily basis. Uh, when I play, I, I pull it almost every game that I play in. So the next day I'm always walking with a limp. It's like, it's not enough to make me want to give up playing, but like, yeah. it's one of those ones where I know it's going to happen. And I'm like, in my head, I'm trying to prevent it from happening. Right. But one of those shots that surprises you, you know, it's just whether you're screened or whatever, and it's just surprising. You just instinctively kick your leg out. Yep. It, 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 it hurts. And it, yeah. it, I've never, I don't know if I've ever had to leave a game for it. But like I, it's it impacted my performance, you know, in a men's league game where it happens, and I'm like, all right, I'm not pushing this anymore. I can't afford to, you know, hurt myself. It's a stage, um, but it's it's one of those nagging injuries that has has stuck with me since I first did it in college. It was in college hockey yeah. where I first did it, and I maybe I didn't rest it long enough because I wanted to get back on the ice and get playing again. Um, I think I took a week or two off, maybe if that, and that's not enough time for for you know for a real groin pull. And, um, you know, that, that, that lives with me today. I'm, I'm wondering if it's scar tissue or something like that. That's, you know, causing that to, to re-aggravate. Yeah. I've hurt my, I've hurt my knee before too, where to a point in a men's league game where I thought I, you know, blew up my knee and I'm walking around with a serious limp, but you know, a week later it was fine. I went back out there. I wear, I wear double knee braces now. Cause I'm like, yep. I'm at the eight, we're at the age now where, you know, one wrong move will set you back a year you know, money, all that mm-hmm. work, all that. And I'm like, I'm out here to have a, have a good time, enjoy the game and, you know, not hurt myself. Get those competitive juices flown, but don't like overdo it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I got guys in my men's league that will, you know, that may not know how to stop. Uh, it's supposed to be an A level league, but I've mm-hmm. been run into so many times where I'm like, I wake up the next day and I'm like, I can't move. I'm so sore. Yeah. And I want to avoid that going forward <laughs> yeah probably so the two injuries that i can think of like right off the bat so i'll throw a third one in so the ones that really stick out to me are the uh i don't know why this guy was doing this this is probably midget hockey mm-hmm. and 
I think it was like a loose puck situation in the slot. And this guy just came barreling into me, like just ran right into me. And I wasn't even paying attention to him because I was trying to look around him to see where the puck was. So I was getting low to try to look around Mm -hmm. him. And he just went right into me and my like head snapped back and I fell back into the ice and there was the whole scuffle. Um, I'm like 90% sure I got a concussion from it. I never went to the doctor or anything because, you know, at that age, it was like your coach is like, oh, you're, you're fine. Just like rub some kitty litter in it and get back out there. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. it's stereotypical, you know, s- sports hockey coaches at that time. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. Um, I had a similar moment to you with the hyperextension of the hip where I was kind of uh, hugging my post on the right side and somebody hit me on my left so my right leg was stuck on the outside of the post and my body got pushed into the net yeah that that felt like i had um you know involuntarily became a gymnast on some of the flexibility (laughs) that i had to display there i i definitely uh, felt that one for the next you know couple weeks or so um luckily I, I wouldn't say that I had a backup. It was like a 1A, 1B situation. So the other goalie got a few extra starts than what they usually would. Um, and I rode the bench. Um, I don't think the team's ever seen a finer door opener than what I was able to bring to the table <laughs> those two weeks. I was a great member of the team. Um, the water bottles were constantly full. Um, <laughs> it was a yeah, good time. Hey, as a, as a goalie, you get used to opening that door. That's your one job when you're not playing. And, you know, yeah. only one goalie plays in a game. And if you're not playing, you got to do the door. And I got pretty good at it, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the scariest one for me, though. Um, did you do you have a dangler on your mask? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that, too. Um, and it was a situation where it was a, a shot low from in tight and the rebound came out and they tried shooting it high off of the rebound. So I popped back up after being in butterfly and my dangler because of the inertia came up and my neck was exposed Uh... and the puck hit me right, like right below the Adam's apple. And it started, it was like an instant bruise. My neck was swelling up. I like couldn't breathe like for like 10 seconds there. I was like, all right, well, this is where I am. This is it. I'm punching my ticket. I'm out of here. And like, luckily I could start to breathe again after there. But like when you can't breathe after taking a friggin' snapshot to the throat, that's like, not good. it was terrifying, dude. Dude. I, I, I don't know if I've ever had one of those. I mean, I've had some come up like and hit me on mm-hmm. the dangler. But like I've never had one actually square hit me in the throat. Yeah, I I, I don't even want to think about that. Like that's no, a, that's, that's scary. It was terrifying. Like everybody was like, "Oh fuck, oh shit!" Like do we have to call an ambulance? Um, like just just like the inability to breathe is just not a fun thing whatsoever. Um, no, no. I'm, I mean, I've had the wind knocked out of me before, so I, I yeah, trying to get that. But I mean, I feel like getting hit in the throat that'd be a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could feel the swelling start like instantly. It, it was it was not a fun experience. Um, yeah, I, I mean, those are really the. I'm, I was very fortunate in the fact that I never got anything serious. I I did break my finger once when I was paddled down. I've done that, um, and the puck hit my finger. And obviously, when there's a you know a composite stick on one side and a puck on the other, and their fingers the only thing between it, you know, you do the math there. It's not going to work out well for your finger. No. So I still have a really fucked up index finger on my right <laughs> hand from that. Do you, would you say there? Are, what would you say is the sweetest spot to get hit with a puck while you're in that? Not necessarily a bad injury, but one that is going to sting you and really bruise you up. Do you have so a sweet I mean, spot? I, I think that I probably it was probably because I never got my stance the way it was supposed to be, especially when I when I went down on butterfly. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a month playing goalie for me unless I had a gigantic bruise on the inside of my thigh. Yeah, those aren't fun. Those yeah. aren't fun for me. It's the shoulder. It's the shoulder where the chest. Pro- my maybe my chest protector doesn't fit right because it's. From Sounds high like school. you need a new chest. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that problem. 
every time I get hit right on like the corner of my shoulder, mm -hmm. either side, my arm goes dead and I get a bruise. And it's yeah. like I do. I'll take 15 shots to the face over taking one of those because that spot, it's just that one sweet spot. It yeah. hurts. It stings my arm. Arm goes dead for a little bit. And then, you know, massive bruise the next day. Yeah, I never really got uh, any upper body massive bruises. Like I know what you're talking about. I, 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 you still feel it. It doesn't matter how many pads you have. For those of you that haven't played goalie, you know you're gonna feel the puck. The yep. puck is something that you're gonna feel, um, and you're, you're gonna get stingers. Um, but you know, I, I, I think I, I probably had a chesty that was probably too big for me too. Honestly, for for most of it, um. And as a result of that, I didn't really get much upper body swelling or, or bruises. Um, the one that I really didn't like, and I, I ended up going out and buying a new set of pants and a new cup because I kept getting hit in the fucking balls. Dude. And I when actually... that happens, oh, my God. Dude, I, I went out and bought a new cup probably three or four months ago because I kept getting hit in the nuts and it would, like, knock me out. It... Yeah. You, you may think that you, if you haven't played goalie, you may think that having a cup there is going to protect you and you're not going to feel anything. It may just feel like a little bit of pressure. No, you get the stomach pain. You get yep. all of it. You, you get, get the nausea it. from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I had my cup from when I was in, you know, high school. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend 60 bucks and get a new cup because I don't want to feel this again. And, and believe it or not, the first day that I used that cup, I got hit square in the nuts and I didn't feel a thing. It just felt like that pressure. And I was like, I am so glad that I bought that new cup. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's nothing quite like a new cup. <laughs> nope. No. You feel good, dude. I've, I've been hit so many times there, man. And I'm glad I got the new one. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's like that insurance company. Are you in good hands? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because we don't do free sponsorships here on the Two Pad Stack. If you want to talk to us about an insurance company uh, ad, go ahead and slide into my DMs. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so we're going to pivot here. That was some fun chatting about injuries. I think some people probably stopped listening halfway through that. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the NHL here and, and goaltending in the NHL. Um, so I'm curious. I'm going to throw two inquiries at you. First of which, who is your favorite NHL goaltender of all time? And then who is your favorite NHL goaltender in today's NHL? Well, my favorite goaltender of all time, I, I, anybody that follows me on Twitter is going to know who that is. And that's Tukarask. I am one of the biggest defenders of that guy, given how he was treated when, during his time here in Boston, how he was so negatively talked about and everything like that i i'll die on the hill for that guy i watched him i was at his first home start back in i think it was 07 at the game and since then like i've been all about tuca all my friends are sick of me talking about him because when they start talking about the bruins and you know talking about the goaltending i'm like don't even don't want to start this conversation right now because i'll die on this hill um he was so technically sound uh in the net that you know a lot of Bruins fans that had seen Tim Thomas win the Stanley cup. And, you know, you know how his style was. We talked about this a little bit earlier. He was, you know, yeah. whatever it takes to get the job done. Um, flopping around sometimes would be taken out of position for, for, and mm -hmm. get scored on. I remember specifically one in the, in the Stanley cup finals back in 11 and overtime against Alex Burroughs, he was way out of position and ended up ending in the game. Mm -hmm. um, don't get me wrong. I love that style of play, but Tuca, would never put himself in that position. Um, he was so technically sound that, you know, when he would make a big save, a lot of people, you know, that are casual fans that don't understand the position or don't watch hockey on a regular basis wouldn't understand that he just made a big save. He made it look easy, but it was yeah. a big, it was a big save. Um, but I was one of those people that you probably didn't like much when Tuka was playing because, <laughs> I wouldn't. because I was always like, Tuka Rask, I, I love how technically sound he is, but I felt like 90, 99% of the time he didn't give a shit while he was out there. And that's a big thing that I loved about Timmy Thomas was, you know, if anybody fucked with Tim Thomas, 
Like he would fuck with you right back. Like Sean Avery did his shit to him mm-hmm. during the Timmy that. timeout, and Timmy chased his ass right. The Sedine twins, um, I think it was we Henrik, in, yeah. in eleven finals. Like he get just was skating up to Thomas, and Thomas decks him. Like that's the kind of shit I did when I was in net, and I always really loved that. But the thing with Tuca is that, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, he would save the pucks that he shouldn't save. You know what I mean? And then the pucks that I think he should have saved ended up just inexplicably going by him. And like I said, I don't ever expect any goaltender to be perfect. You know, every goaltender in the world will always let in goals. But some of those goals, I'm like, come on, man. Like, you saved that 99.999% of the time, and now you're on the biggest stage of your career, and it goes by you. Like, I'm I'm thinking, like... What are we talking about here? So I'm thinking, like, Game 7... 19 that first period where Bennington standing on his fucking head in the first period and it feels like the very first shot on goal on Tuca goes in it might have been like the third or fourth shot but the the Martian the Martian change one yeah I mean I mean once again it's not completely his fault because Martian can't make that fucking line change and I think it was like a two-on-one or a breakaway or something like that but it's like 10 seconds left in the period yeah, like just finish your fucking shift, bud. What are you gonna do getting off the ice there? You think somebody else is gonna get on the, gonna get on the ice and contribute in a meaningful way? Like, just finish the shift. There's ten seconds left. Anyways, but yeah, I I had my fair share of complaints about Tukarask. I, if he just won us one of those cups, I would have just shut the fuck up and let him do his thing. But we consistently, and I'm not saying it's his fault. It's not an indictment exclusively on him. Right. You know, he's a big reason we even got to the final in 19. Probably mm-hmm. the reason we even got to the final in 19. He was a beast. But God, it's like when the pressure was highest, when the sun was brightest, the lights were on, he couldn't execute when we needed it most. I mean, the probably the biggest moment where I was like, I'm on, like on Twitter, like the biggest moment where I was like, I'm going to go die on this hill for him was in the COVID bubble when he left and everybody was trashing on fuck him. Everybody that. that was doing that. Like, like, fuck that. Right. Like the dude was going back to see his daughter and everybody is, is trashing on him saying like, Oh, he's fucking doing this again where he's crapping out in a big game. It's like, dude, like, what do you, what do you, do you, do you not have kids? Like we all had kids right. at that point. Like w- wouldn't you do the same thing for your 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 child if your child if your wife called you and you were, you know, six you know thousand miles away or whatever it was, and you're saying your daughter's going to the hospital or whatever whatever problem was going on I don't know exactly what it was but wouldn't you do the same thing where you would just be like screw work I'm going home to take care of my family it's like, absolutely until you have a child you can't even comment on that situation whatsoever exactly. and I feel like I feel like ninety percent of the people that were on there. We're just like really angry fucking townies that have no responsibilities and had no idea what the fuck was going on. They just wanted to see something provocative to get attention. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't, I mean, first, and I said this to um, a couple of our guests before, but, you know, all of his teammates didn't have an issue with what he did. And if they don't have an issue, they are the ones that are allegedly being ditched or mm-hmm. abandoned. If they don't have a fucking problem with it, you, Mr. Guy that probably scalps tickets or doesn't buy any tickets at all, you probably are fucking illegally streaming online. What your opinion is, it doesn't fucking matter. You're entitled to it, but nobody fucking cares what you have to say, and it doesn't right. matter. And, you know, I mean, you all you got to do is look at this past weekend when McAvoy was at his wedding. He got married, and look who was there. Tuka Rask was there at his wedding. Um, But going back to that bubble year, I mean, a lot of people that, at least the people that I talked to, were wanting Hawk to play in those playoffs to begin with. That's asinine. And it's like, you you know what? You saw what you got when you were going to put your backup goalie in there to play in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't want to say we're seeing it now with, you know, post-Tuka with how the goaltending, you know, worked itself out in the playoffs this year. And I know this is probably a good segment for what we're going to talk to in a little bit here, but a lot of the Bruins fans that are, I want to say casual because casual is a loose term, but maybe the casual to a little bit harder core Bruins fans Mm -hmm. wanted that guy gone 
And it's like, okay, you want him gone. What are you going to replace him with? Yeah. And that was my biggest thing too, is, you know, you know I had my issues with Tukarask and I've already kind of mentioned them, but the fact of the matter is, is still Tukarask is one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL while he was playing. There was no contingency plan. There was no other option. And it's not like the Bruins were in a place where they were stockpiling draft picks and selecting goaltender. I mean, they picked they picked um, Malcolm Subban in the first round, and we saw how well that, that went for them. The guy's a better anthem singer than he is a goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, there was no other option. So I wasn't advocating for the Bruins to move on from Rask. Um, I was just going to be a man child and continue to fucking yell at him when he kept letting in those goals and we kept losing. Uh, but I, I provided no resolution or solutions. Um, well, I get that. And, you know, I mean, for me, it was, I, it got to a point where I was blindly supporting him. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I didn't think like, I didn't sit there and watch games and be like, dude, you should have stopped that. Like you're an elite goalie in the NHL. You should be stopping that. I was saying that you, you could ask my wife. I would sit there and say, dude, he's got to save that. He's got to save that. My my wife is sick of me talking about Tuka Rask. I wanted to name my first son Tuka, and she wouldn't let me. But I was the first goalie in the NHL that I taught my son to say was Tuka. Nice. So, <laughs> but no, that's 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 just how it is with him. Um, so is Tuka your all time favorite goaltender then too? I right now I'd have I mean recency bias aside mm-hmm. I probably would say yes. Uh, my first my first favorite goaltender was Andy Moog. Okay, um, that's what that's part of why I became a goalie. Andy yep. Moog was a was a big. I had his poster on my you know closet door. I sent him a letter. He sent me an autograph you know car trading card back I don't know thirty years ago at this point. Um, but yeah, I, at this point I'd say. It's Tuca or nothing for me. I mean, I, I actually had the privilege of going to one of the season ticket holder events just before COVID happened when they were doing them. And I got to, you know, you know, see him and meet him and take a picture with him. So that was like a highlight nice. of my day. I was like, I got to go see Tuca. He's the one I got to go see. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, his comeback and I was devastated when he announced his retirement. I was it, it hit as bad as Tom Brady did for me, believe it or not. I was devastated when he announced his retirement. It's like he's going to come back. I was so against the Allmark signing because he was going to come back, and ah, I was wrong. I was, you know, the hip flexor is a pretty big thing for a goalie. And it- yeah, believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so I'll answer that question too. Um, so my favorite goaltender of all time, and it kind of ties back to what I mentioned earlier on the pod, and my kind of um, do it any way I possibly can save mentality. I love Dominic Hasek mm-hmm. and the way that Hasek played the game. You know, the dominator uh, when he was with Buffalo and just was absolutely killing it. I think he brought he brought the Sabres to the final, um, I believe. In, if, in the crease. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just he, I think he won like four Vezinas or something along those lines. I don't have the stats in front of me. But just the way that he played, like I would be – when YouTube was like just starting to be a thing, I would just watch fucking Dominic Hasek highlight videos. Um, this is before Timmy Thomas was really probably in net. This is like, I, I think we had like Steve Shields in net in like this type of year. <laughs> if that fucking tells you anything. Yeah, but um, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hasek is my all-time favorite goaltender. Um, I do have a tattoo of Jerry Cheevers on my Solid. arm solid um i have actually a cheever signed jersey as well next to me um so i really like cheevers just because of the way he you know redefined the customization and the way that you can really you know um express yourself with your goaltending gear Um, especially yep yeah i mean the way that that whole thing if you guys don't know those stitches on his mask he would start the season with an all-white mask and those stitches would be added where the puck would hit him and the trainer or Jerry would go ahead and, and paint those stitches onto his mask as the season would go on. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty cool story. Um, I loved it. It's an iconic photo of him, like just looking there and I ended up getting it on my arm it meant a lot to me. Um, so yeah, between the customization that Cheevers brought to the game um, Hashik style, those are my two guys. And then today, 
so I'm actually my grandmother was first generation Danish, so she was from she grew up in Denmark. So I've always really had a um, an affinity towards Danish players in the NHL. Um, this is probably sacrilege, and a lot of Bruins fans will probably hate me for saying this, but he's not even a starter anymore, but I love Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson is a great goaltender. He's got some injury problems on his own. It wouldn't surprise me to see him hang him up, but you know, for the longest time there, when the Bruins are playing the Leafs in the first round, you know, Anderson was standing on his fucking mm-hmm. head for a while there. And I was always saying to myself, man, if we could just get Freddie Anderson in Boston, I would be so fucking happy. Like get the <laughs> Danish goalie. Yeah. I would be able to like get my goalie Jersey and, and pay a nod to my heritage and, and really love it. But, um, you know, in hindsight, obviously what a fucking idiot I was, you know, Tuka Rask was exponentially better than what <laughs> Freddie Anderson is. So he, he started with the ducks, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was uh, he was behind Gibson. Yeah, and it was one of those two young goalies type situations, one A, one B, and eventually Anaheim made that decision. Hey, we can't pay you both to be number one goalies, and I think Toronto acquired him for like a first round pick or something. You know, if he's healthy, he's still you know among the top in the league right now, and especially playing on a team like Carolina when he was there last year. Um, you know, I, he was obviously hurt in the playoffs, but if he was he was healthy, they would have been playing him. He actually had a pretty good so, year last year. He was healthy and ready to go this previous year. It was the year before that that he was shelved. But he was healthy, but Rod Brindamore just apparently lost faith in him, and they were riding Ranta. Mm-hmm. And who's that Russian kid in their uh, system? Poder. Uh, I don't K- even know how to, say his, name. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. yeah. The kid. Yeah. They went with him instead. Which, by the way, I kind of like that Kachetkov guy, too, because he's got that fucking craziness to him that I love in a goaltender. Oh, yeah. Um, Not that Jordan Bennington craziness. Like, (sighs) Bennington is fucking nuts. I hate that guy. I fucking hate Jordan Bennington. I hate how he he goes up to players and pretends to punch them and goes after other goalies and the refs come over and separate them. Yeah. When he's going to get his ass kicked, you know, for better terms, it's like, dude, like, Put the show down. Like you, you were good for one run in the Stanley Cup fine playoffs, and since then you've been mediocre. You got paid good for you, but like the craziest thing, man, is that in in 2019 he started off the season in fucking Providence. I know he was on loan to the Bruins. <laughs> he was a Providence fucking Bruin, and he ends up beating us in the Cup final. Like fuck my life. I know. But my favorite goalie right now in the in the NHL, obviously I can't say Tuka because he's gone, is probably Vasilevsky. I love yep. how technically sound he yep. is. He's always just in the right spot at the right time. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. I like I, I just like how he the way I, I don't know how to describe it, but the way he's like kind of standing up and then right before the shot comes, he gets down in his stance. It's like he, He's he, he, he I think you hit the nail on the head. Like with Vassy, he's that really technically sound goaltender. And if you're gonna beat him, you're gonna have to beat him with a really good shot because mm-hmm. he's a big guy, he's always where he needs to be, you know. And if you're gonna beat him, like well done, good job, you deserve yeah. that goal. But he's not gonna ever beat himself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, would I have paid him what Tampa Bay paid him? Probably I wouldn't want my team saddled with that contract as for a goalie. I mean, we you you can talk for you know forever about how the goaltending position is in the NHL these days. I mean, you look at the goalie who won the Stanley Cup this year. It's Aiden Hill. He was the fourth or fifth guy before the start of the playoffs. Hey, he was on Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, I mean, before you, the season, you get hot. If you get hot, they're gonna ride you, and mm-hmm. that's what happens in the playoffs. I mean, regular season's a different story, but yeah, I, he for, for what it's worth, Vasilevsky is is in my opinion, the best goalie in the league right now. He still is at this point. I would still take him over anybody. Until until somebody else comes out and, and shows it. I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think I have to say that too. Um, you got guys that are putting together, you know, a single year here, a single year there, like, uh, you know, Seth Sturkin with, uh, yeah. with New York and Sorokin this year. I mean, he yeah. might be the next guy. He was really good this year. I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, he had a pretty good case to win the Vesna this year over Omar, even though Omar, you know, ultimately deserved it. 
And you look at the amount of games that Sorokin played and carried that throughout the season, you could make a case for that. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that I wanted him to win it because Omar absolutely deserved it this year. He was absolutely lights out. I just really enjoyed listening to all the Islanders fans be a bunch of fucking piss babies about it. Like they were all just shitting in their diapers over this whole Vezina thing. Like I understand that like the high danger chances statistics and stuff like that. And you know, that Sorokin carried them to where they were. Um, But I mean, those two facts were not nearly enough to undo do the historical season that Linus Allmark had. Agreed. Um, and I, I've kind of touched on, you know, my opinion of Linus in, in previous episodes. You know, I felt like he was not put in a position to be successful in this postseason run. You know, you look back at his time in Buffalo and everybody was questioning, you know, can he, you know, handle the rigors of being, you know, a number one goalie on a contending team? Can he do that many starts in a row? And the Bruins, because of the tandem with Linus and because of the tandem with Swayman, they never had to really test him. You know, he didn't play for five, six games in a row in the regular season. You know, Swayman would get a start here and there. And uh, I don't know why we suddenly think just because it's playoff hockey that he's going to be able to switch gears and play differently and, and we would expect a different result. And they should have gone in with what worked for them the entire season with that tandem, you know, play two games with Linus, then throw Swayman in for game three. See how game three goes. If Swayman loses, put Linus back in, you know, they should have done that. And I think that's a big reason why you saw the wheels fall off of Linus Allmark in the postseason. See, I, I, I'll disagree with you a little bit there. If your goaltender is a Vesna winning goaltender, I want to ride him in the playoffs. I want to take him to take me to where, you know, he helped lead the team in the regular season. I want him to continue that going forward. Um, injury aside, if he's hurt, that's a completely different story, sure. completely different topic. But if, if my goaltender that I have on my team is a Vesna winning goalie, he played, uh, I want to say just North of, 45 game. I want to say he played like 48 games. There's almost a 50 50 even split this year between the two of them. Swain yeah, and Omar. But, but I would, I would counter just the fact that it's not like, so when you think of a Vezina winning goaltender, you know, you think of a goalie that has been like Martin Brodeur style or Patrick Waugh style, you know, playing 65, 70 games. And that's just not where the NHL is trending. Um, where you get that label of Vezina winner, um, I think it kind of has those historical thoughts around it. Um, and the way that the league is trending, even, you know, you'll see Shesterkin still play those crazy numbers of games because when you have a 72 year old, you're out, you're auto as your backup goalie. You don't want to put him in there anyway. <laughs> like yeah. that's really the only time you're going to see those goaltenders getting those starting numbers is when you have like a really washed backup that you don't want to put in there. Um, like Brian Elliott in Tampa, like no wonder Vassie's playing 65 games. Um, but you know, I think that if the Bruins, and this is probably a coaching thing, um, if the Bruins really wanted to be successful in riding, you know, Linus, they probably should have given him a couple stress tests in the regular season, mm-hmm. you know, give him five, six games in a row in the regular season. They never did that. So at no point during the regular season, was he able to replicate the rigors of a postseason run? No, I, I agree with that. And, you know, they, in, to be honest with you, they should have done that and they should have rested him down the stretch and not really care. I mean, I get the, the regular season record stuff. I was never all about that. I'm like, you know, to determine the success of this team, it's a championship. It's a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And the regular season records to me mean nothing. I mean, obviously, it's cool that they, they've they won the most, uh, you know, regular season games. They have the most regular season points in the history of the league. But at the end of the day, no one's going to remember that. I mean, how often do you hear people talk about the 2019 uh, Tampa Bay Lightning when they got swept in the first round by Columbus? You don't, you don't hear that. 
You don't hear them anybody talk about them. Same with the Red Wings. Oh, you hear about you hear about the collapse and the choke. You don't right. hear about how historically great they were. Right. Everybody always will remember the choke. They will never remember the success. And and that's why I also think it's kind of important um, as fans that we still do take a step back and we do still appreciate like what we were able to see in the regular season. Just because everything fucking blew up in our faces in the postseason, mm-hmm. that doesn't, you know, detract from the accomplish, accomplishment that they had in the regular season, in my opinion. That's the best team I've ever seen play in black and gold. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about NHL playoffs. Like, you punch your ticket, anything can fucking happen. And it's a good, good kind of example of why you need to stay humble and you can't get you can't get too high and mighty because somebody will show up and they'll punch you right in the teeth, you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, that's why I'm a big proponent of that. They should have rested people in that last week or two before the season. I mean, when Omar's out there playing, we already knew about his concerns about being able to handle the workload of a playoff run and all that. And, you know, they, they, they played him, up until the end and it was like it, it got to the last game of the season i forget who they played but i'm like why are we not giving brandon boosie a, a start here why are we playing both of our our goaltenders yeah in the last game or two of the season where it's completely meaningless it may mean something for the regular regular season statistics and the records and all that but why are we playing them they've demonstrated all year that they can handle this mm-hmm. give them a rest let them rest let them get their heads right, get them get physically right to, to sustain this run because the Stanley Cup playoffs are an absolute grind. When you listen to anybody talk about it, it's the hardest trophy to win in, in all of sports, and there's a reason for that because you have to go through four seven-game series to get there. And if you're playing every other day for four straight series like that and you go through a game seven, two, three, even four, you're – somebody's going to break down. I mean, you listen to the injuries that these guys come out with after the fact, it's like, there's a reason why they get hurt like this because they're playing 110% long, you know, for an extra two, three months. Yeah. At that point. Yep. Absolutely. So the question of the hour, (laughs) why on earth on your Twitter account, does it say trade Swayman? I want them to move on from one of the goalies. And I think that Swayman is the best one for them to move off from. You may disagree with that fact because of the fact that he's, you know, and he's younger than Olmark. Olmark just had the business season. This team has traded so much draft capital over the last, this, it, we'll, we'll even just leave it at this trade deadline, but we won't even go back further, you know, three, four years down the line where they've tried to add to their teams to you know to win that second cup for this core swayman is a perfect opportunity for them to replenish their farm system their draft capital all of that and i don't see a positive point to them going into the season but the same kind of setup with a 1a 1b kind of situation next year that they had last year uh, i i've always been a big proponent of you have your number one you ride them, you have your backup to come in and spell them when he needs a rest. And I know that the NHL is changing. A lot of goalies aren't doing that. But if you look at the top guys in the NHL that are doing it nowadays, like Hellebuck, Sorokin, those guys, they're, they're playing 60, 65 games a year. And I know that today's NHL is different. But I, I'm, I guess you could call me an old mind, an old school, <laughs> old school goalie guy at that point. Um, but this team needs, this team needs capital and, you know, Bergeron retiring Krejci. I don't, I don't think he's announced his official retirement yet, not yet, no, but it's coming. He's not coming back. They need to, they need to replenish their youth and uh, trusting John Sweeney with that. You can say, you know, you can make an argument either way with what you will on that, but they need to do it. And he, for me, he's a pro he's, he's the guy to do it. So why do you think that Swayman would yield more assets than what Linus Allmark would? Because he's younger. He's more cost-controlled. He was more cost-controlled before arbitration at this point. 
and Omark has a, you know the, the no movement, no trade clause that eliminates half the league from a suitor for his services. See, I, I, I hear you there, and and but the thing of the with no movements or no trades is that you rarely hear about them actually being you know utilized. And I know the Krug is a the probably the most recent example of that actually occurring. The fact of the matter is, if if somebody like put yourself in in an NHL contract situation, like you are the goaltender, and the front office comes to you and says, "Hey, I know that you have a no movement clause, but." we've made the decision that we want to look at some other options and we're, we're, we're hoping to move on from you. This is the team that we're looking at. You know, if somebody said that shit to me, like I'd be like, well, fuck, if I'm not wanted here, why would I want to be here? You know, if you don't appreciate me, I want to go somewhere where I will be appreciated. So the no movement clause, I think it's impact on things is kind of overstated at times. Um, because I would want to, and a lot of NHL players want to play where they're wanted. Granted, there are external factors such as, family. you know, the living situation, the family situation. Um, nobody wants to go and play in fucking Manitoba. Um, yeah. You know, there's those <laughs> things in mind, right? But um, I, I still think, and I still am incredibly surprised that Linus Allmark is still on this club because on the cost controlled side of things, he's still under contract. You know, Jeremy Swayman is a restricted free agent. He doesn't need to necessarily sign a contract. He could just hold out and not sign and not play. And that's a risk for another team. Um, Linus Allmark is completely under contract. He would have to play those remaining years. Um, and he signed at $5 million for next two years. Like, When's the last time a Vezina winning goaltender at that age? I'm not talking about Mark Andre Fleury. Mark Andre Fleury was like 34 when he mm-hmm. won with the Golden Knights. Like Linus Allmark is what 29 right now. Like yeah, he's in, yeah. yeah, he's like in the prime of his career under contract for two more years. Um, five million dollars. That's a great cap hit for a Vezina winning goaltender. You know, you look at what Bobrovsky's contract is, and some of these other contracts mm-hmm. out there, like. Five million is very easily digestible. Even if the Bruins had to retain like 10, 15%, there is no reason for them to to not be able to get, you know, a first round pick. Probably a late one. I'm not saying like a top 10 pick or anything. Like anywhere from 15 to 32. You could have gotten that pick, got another prospect, probably could have gotten some B prospects from somebody's AHL team in the deal as well. Um, cleared that five million off the cap kept fucking Taylor Hall instead of throwing him away for nothing. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just it it still kind of chaps my ass a little bit. I, I, I think it was the trade market that was present this year. I mean everybody knew the Bruins were up against the tra- the salary cap this year. Um I don't think that they would have gotten appropriate value for, for Omar you know, a Vesna winning goalie this year. I think that they would have well, they didn't raped. get appropriate value for a heart winning skater either. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They made their choice. They, they traded hall. And to be honest with you, I'm okay with that because let's be honest. I mean, this may sound a little talk radio for you. Uh, All right, let's go. Felger. Let's hear it. Throw it at me. Felger. <laughs> Dude, the guy never wins everywhere he goes. He always is just a, a piece what are you talking about dude he's won so many draft lotteries <laughs> well i guess if that's the case you want to you want to you want to win a draft lottery here in boston we can do that but no i i he, he the guy screams kind of loser I, obviously the trade when they acquired him it was a beautiful trade they, they robbed yeah. buffalo thank god i love robbing buffalo of anything any kind of joy but um you know he was a, he was a casualty and unfortunately the situation that the Bruins were in, they, they, they were going to have to eat some sort of casualty. And I'm, I'm kind of okay with them eating it on hall versus Omar. I'd rather have the two goalies. If they're going to, if they're going to continue to do it, they need to commit to it. And this is something I kind of came around to on a little bit this summer was that if they're going to, if they're going to ride these two guys, they're going to pay $9 million to two goalies and they're not going to trade one of them then they need to, to continue that in the playoffs. And that, again, that's something that me, 
took took a lot to swallow because I'm an old school guy. I want my guy ride, you know, rolling through the playoffs. And you know, if they're gonna ride, you know, every other game, one, you know, alternate yeah. games or two one, whatever, whatever kind of rotation they're gonna do, they need to continue with what works going forward. And you know, it pains me to say that because I don't want to see it. And I want one guy, whether it's Swayman, whether it's Omar, whether it's Boosie, or whether it's an outside guy. I want yep. one guy riding the playoffs. If they're not going to take that approach, they need to continue that approach from the regular season into the playoffs. I love it. I agree with you 100%. But deep down inside, I'm also low-key stoked that we still get to see the goalie hug. We're going to close it off here. All right, here we go. That was going to be my next question. Are you one of those old curmudgeon fucks that doesn't enjoy the goalie hug? I hate it. I would have liked it if it wasn't blown out of proportion media-wise. And I had to see it everywhere, but that goalie hug, mm. I'm a guy that when I was a goalie growing up, it was, you know, good game, you know, tap on the pads, good game. You have a conversation at the end. It almost seems like it's a bit of a spectacle at this point, And I'm kind of over it. I know the two love each other. They always talk about it, you know, in that way. And I, you know, I had some goalie partners in my life where I felt the same way about them like that, but uh, it, it's too overblown for me. And yes, I'm one of those old fucks that wants nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with it. I turn it off before I even have to see it. I'll be honest with you. I don't even want to see it. And I was always brought up. You're competing for the, for the net. You're competing to play for that net. Yes. You want to have a good relationship with your partner, but it almost seems like it's a little bit too much lovey dovey stuff for me. That's just my opinion. I know a lot of the Bruins fans nowadays love it. They want to see it. They're getting tattoos of it on themselves. I want nothing to do with it. (laughs) Well, I think that's a great opportunity for us to kind of put a bow on this episode here today. Um, Any closing thoughts, Berg? No, man. I mean, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm having a blast doing this. Love talking goalie with you. It's been great. Um, Tuka Rask is the GOAT Bruins goalie. Just remember that. Just remember that. Well, hard to argue with the amount of wins that he piled up in the black and gold. Um, if only he could win a cup as not a backup goaltender. That would have been cool. <laughs> uh, so, as always, I'm Ace, the host of the Two Pad Stack podcast. Um, thanks again, Berg. You can find Berg on Twitter. He's at Berg the goalie. Um, and, uh, we will go ahead and see you guys next time. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it.